0: Welcome to Borderline Episode 4. Unbelievable consistency from Buckles. What's this? Two episodes in a week? Oh, two right, mate. When the when the muse strikes, I must intercede. So, how are you all? It's Sunday when I record this, and I'm getting geared up. Your man's back on the road, isn't he? Hey, eh? He's out there, gigging again. As best he can in these extraordinary times, which is a phrase I am completely sick of hearing because there is nothing extraordinary about this. I once, well, allegedly took some mushrooms at a festival and that was an extraordinary time. These times are rotten, but things are opening up in the old UK and I'm about to go on a cruise ship uh, for the first time in a month. One I've not been looking forward to, but now I am. Dig on this. Uh, It's a cruise line. It's so weird, my friends. It's a cruise line that I wouldn't choose to work for. No disrespect to them. It's a fine line. It's just that they market themselves to an audience that is not my target market. Um, The audience on this particular line, all British, all of a certain age, all voted for Brexit. You know, all bought their houses for a fiver in the 70s and sat on it and thinks that makes them smart at business. All got an opinion on show business. Um, but at the same time, that aside, decent people. They put in a shift, they've worked hard, they deserve a holiday, and they deserve the best show I can possibly give them. So I've overcome my resistance to this and uh, and also my resistance to the fee. And um yeah, I made it out on Monday. Uh, I won't tell you what the line is because I don't want to mirror in this and th- he's slagging us off. I'm not slagging off the line. I'm expressing myself freely on the internet because the last time I checked, we're allowed. Let me just slurp my tea. Will I edit out the slurp or will I leave it in? Now, this is how you can tell whether this show's edited or not. <sighs> if you heard that slurp, that means unedited. A mate of mine's been listening to it and he was saying, I can tell when you're editing. All I cut out is like long pauses. But he's got one of those ears. He, you know, he, he's like Christopher Nolan on a budget. He can tune in to an audio and tell when you've you've cut something. So anyway... I put together a show. I've got a plan. Dig on that. I'll tell you what the plan is as well. Because I can't do my... For those that don't know me, by the way, and have just chanced upon this podcast, I am a stand-up... I'm a comedian of a certain nature. And, um, but I'm also a sleight-of-hand artiste. I'm always billed as a comedy magician on cruise ships, which is a term I hate, because it literally, the second hear comedy magician, all you're thinking is utter shit because they, most of them are, I don't care anymore, I'm saying it like it is, there are brilliant, brilliant people out there doing comedy and magic together, but they are in the minority, the majority of the of working comedy magicians have been down a magic shop, bought a load of comedy routines that don't really work, and just learnt them, there's nothing of them, what you're seeing when you see it, is them demonstrating the props that they bought, and the routines that they paid for, and, um, yeah what a shish i mean great you know but but the but, but, but that's fine if you want to do that with your life you know and, and ironically they, they do make more money than me but you know you're not seeing anything you're not seeing a man expressing himself like he would with a comedian in free flow you know i say this on cruise ships most comedians do the same jokes so i don't know why i'm uh, lumping having a go I'm not having a go at comedy magicians but generally but basically the the term comedy magic to me is like fingernails on a blackboard because when I see that written down on the thing when I arrive I think stupidly I think that everyone's read that and thought oh god one of them I wonder if he's gonna do that banana bandana trick the truth is no one's thinking anything you know they've just they've probably not even read it you know, but, but I, my brain, obviously, like all our brains projects and thinks that the whole ship is now thinking, oh, my God, we've got one of those on tonight. So I'm always billed as a comedy magician, but I, 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 I don't. I, I do comedy as I do it and I do a little sleight of hand with it. And I try and integrate it as organically as I can and not have it be, you know, hey, 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 yeah, hi, yeah. I went to a magic shop and a guy showed me a thing with four bits of card. Look at this. This is a whole card. This is a card with a hole in it, and that's the whole thing. And you can sing songs about telling the story while they're turning the cards over there. Utter shit. You know, but a lot, you know, the people who invent those tricks are smart enough because they invent a thing they can sell. But, you know, if you're buying that and taking it to the stage, have a word with yourself. Though, weirdly, that would go over better with this particular audience that I'm about to visit. Uh, based on past experience, obviously I try and greet every experience anew. I try not to place the past into the future. I try and see the universe as a, a spontaneous unfolding out of now, rather than being, you know, the effect of the causes of the past. I'd rather I prefer to see it as erupting now, at the present moment, you know, and seeing beyond personal history. But. Um, Because if you put your past into your future, your future basically turns out like your past. And who wants that? So the key is letting go. That's the key, my friends. Surrender, surrender. But not surrendering as in I give up. Surrendering to what is. Surrendering to this, life itself. Being with it, as it, not separate from it. Not even being the witness to it. Let's not talk about being the well, you're gonna become the witness the witness is the answer, become the witness to your emotions. The witness is a better position to take than being your emotions and your thoughts and your beliefs. But it's also an intermediary stage. There's a a thing beyond that when the wizard collapses in, the witness, sorry, and the wizard, the wizard that is the witness, collapses into itself. And then you aren't witnessing it anymore. You just are it. But that's a chat for maybe another time. And maybe a different part. what? There you go. Right away there. Right away there. Did you hear that? That was a genuine leaving of the present moment. That was a genuine, well, that's a chat for another time. No, it's not it's a chat for this time, because this is what's happening now. So I surrender to the fact that this is my audience and, and they're not good. They're not bad. They just are. And they might, you know, and I just am. And it just is. And it will be what it is, which is me going on and trying to make it work as best I can. And guess what, team? I'll be reporting back on here. Don't you worry. I'm taking my trusty microphone with me and my trusty laptop and I'm actually going to be doing some borderlines from the ship and uploading them when I can. So come with. So this new show I've come up with, oh my friends, I'm chuffed to bits with this. Uh, it's going to be, um, so the first show is, my show is, I can sort of do enough for 45 minutes. The second show, I'm literally going to go on and just talk about stories, do this live, tell, tell them about people that I've met, things I've done, Weave a few magic tricks in if it's appropriate. Deck of cards in my pocket. um, And I'm away. It's going to be good. I love performing in that way. At home, I'm a comedian. You know, when I do comedy clubs, it's just stand-up. But when I do the magic stuff now with it, I'm loving it. And most of it's down to... I've got to be honest. And I'm not just blowing smoke because he's my mate. But he is my mate. But he's also a beautiful... There's a guy called Ben Earl, who I've mentioned on here before. He's a mate of mine. He'll probably come on here one day. And, um... He was, uh, he's a friend of mine. I've known him for about uh, years now. God, I don't even know how many years. But, you know, I was always so struggled finding the. You've got to acknowledge people when they're actually, you know, everyone wants in showbiz wants to be complete. Oh, yeah, I'm totally self created. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one, uh, nobody uh, helped me. I mean, I totally invite my own stuff. So here's a bandana and a a banana. Yeah. You've got to acknowledge the help you've received. And he's been one of the biggest helps to me because he's the only one I know that approaches magic in the way that I try and approach comedy I don't always succeed but I try and approach comedy and so it's really nice because you get this nice synthesis you know he, he he's really good you know a few most there's a good two or three routines in my show that if, if not directly I mean I don't talk like him I, I perform it as me but it's the thinking the psychology the underlying principles the most important bit has come from him particularly his new book um Inside Out, which if you are a magician listening this, which you probably aren't, but if you are, is the best sleight of hand book released in the last 25 years, hands down. Um, Yeah, didn't stop it getting a cyber kicking off some moron, though. People don't get it. You know, it's a very deep study. And, um, you know, people people who like the safety of just learning, you know, magicians are a weird bunch. They like the safety of performing something that they've already seen somebody else score with. You know, they like the safety blanket of performing something they've already seen work rather than take a risk of trying something new and it falling flat. So when somebody comes along and challenges their paradigm of learning tricks other people invented 60 years ago and creating your own thing and being present to an audience, they don't like that. They want to be hiding behind their scripts and their, you know, their stories, shuffling the cards. Once upon a time, I saw a fellow and he took a card and he, you know lying, telling you a story that you know is a lie, rather than preventing presenting you with a complete piece of truth, like Borderline is. Speaking of truth, I'm back on the road. I was in Bridgewater, my friends. Oh, I was very proud to be the first comedian to headline a brand new venue. Quartz Comedy has opened in Bridgewater, uh, in Somerset, um, right out in the middle of nowhere. And lovely to be in an actual most of my gig comedy club work most comedy clubs aren't comedy clubs it's it's nights in pubs or nightclubs or sports centers or wherever it is weird halls there are a few proper comedy clubs the glee the comedy store um the stand uh the gag the one up in um i don't do it because it's so far away the frog and um being able the frog's a pub but um you don't get many new custom-built comedy venues opening. So Anita Holmes um, has opened one. Lovely lady, and uh, she's opened one in Bridgewater. Go go Bridgewater Quartz Comedy. Support this if you're if you're listening to this. Support it. So the opening night was uh, two nights ago, Friday, and I'm the headliner, first headliner at the venue. Little bit of uh, little one to tick off the bucket list. It's like when you hear the old comedy store guys in LA bragging about the fact their names on the wall because they happened to be around when it opened and they happened to be the first lot of acts that got booked. And so they all signed their name on the wall, which apparently makes you a comedy store legend, regardless of the quality of your work, just the fact you've got your name on the wall. Lovely thing to have, though. You know, and some great names on, on, on that wall you've heard of and some great ones that you haven't. But um, this felt a little bit like that, like, oh, that'll be my little place in, assuming the venue lasts, that'll be my place in comedy history. Who was the first headliner here? Danny Buckler. What did he do? He basically crowd surfed for half an hour because it was quite a raucous night by the time I got on. Um, I was the headline comedian, but we had, oh, we had another. I wasn't the biggest star in the room. No, all the stars were there, by which I mean, too, by which I mean that first of all, Miss England was there. Miss England. I thought it was Miss England 2021. It was actually Miss England 2019. I had no idea right, that Miss England was still a thing. I thought that was illegal now. I thought that was over, the idea of the beauty pageant. It was a massive thing when I was a kid. used to tune in and watch it on the television. It was a Saturday night event. It was like the Eurovision Song Contest. It was massive. When you had the, the three channels and Miss World was the big one. You had Miss England and then she went into Miss World. Miss World was the big pageant. And it was basically women parading themselves. It was based on their looks and their ability to their hidden talents. What's your hidden talent, Miss Anglia? I play the piano. And playing the piano and you have a bikini round. <laughs> you can see why it doesn't happen now. Let's look at these lovely ladies in their bikinis, ladies and gentlemen. Line up girls. Look at that beauty. Look at them. We're judging them purely on aesthetics, purely on the fact that they're skinny and beautiful and young. It would not fly now, I thought but it still exists it's still a thing it may not be televised but it apparently still happens and there she was miss england wonderful person uh, there with her fiance very nice lad and uh, you know again a weird uh, i mean love, love they're in love they're beautiful people but i don't i mean i don't know if i'd be happy with uh, watching everyone looking at my missus <laughs> if i had such a missus so um There she is, Miss England, and uh, she's the first celebrity. The other celebrity is Howard from the Halifax adverts. Absolutely beautiful man, like really cool. This is a guy that won the showbiz lottery, but isn't ashamed of the fact he won the showbiz lottery. Like you get these, uh, these lottery winners, especially in comedy, these people that just, they luck out. They've got no skill, no talent, no ability, but the circumstances are such that they luck out into a position where they become famous. Um, there are obvious examples of this. I won't name them on here because of uh, the very real chance I might have to work with them in the future. I could do without it. But you know who I'm talking about. Um, you know, and uh, he's one of them. But unlike, they always like to pretend that they didn't win the lottery. Oh, yeah, it was skill. It was always going to happen. It was skill. Yeah, yeah, mate. I just had natural talent. And that's how I got this. You know, I went in that big brother house and they saw what I was. And now I'm here. Whereas, um... Howard's completely open about the fact, yeah, totally lucky, just lucked out, I mean, he did put in some work, he actually auditioned for that role on the adverts, the Halifax adverts, but just wonderful man, a fully happy man, you know, really cool to be around, I love meeting him, but so, so the night started weird, because part of the night was the VIPs get a photo opportunity with these celebrities, and by the way, I, the actual act that's on, do not fall into that category, you don't get a photograph with me, because of that weird pecking order like oh yeah there, there is a show you paid to see but they're not worth having a photo with get your photograph him' seeing them in an hour so they're up on the stage they put her on a throne and he's standing next to her like the butler and a DJ and um they're just sitting there and no one's told anyone you, you go up and get a photograph with them so it's a good 15 minutes of them' just sitting on the stage literally not just silently like looking around he's standing she's sitting like what do we do now then People just walking about like, like they're a pair of waxworks, <laughs> like someone's hired lookalikes. And then finally, somebody thinks to announce, "Oh, by the way, you can get a photograph with Howard from the Halifax. Just get involved." No one's going up still. So after twenty minutes of watching them suffer this, I thought, oh, "I've got to break the ice." So I dived up there, and I got a photograph, which um. You may have seen if you follow me on Facebook, if you don't follow me on Facebook, I mean, the, the, the comedy page, get following that because I'll be live streaming over Christmas when I get back from this trip and uh, doing some of these lives so you can interact with me if you so wish. I am grateful to you, by the way, if you're listening to this. This podcast is not I've, I have no agenda with this podcast beyond the doing of it. Whoever hears it, hears it whenever they hear it is whenever they hear it. Uh, and it's you. It's about you. The, 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 it's about the fact that you're hearing me now. And look at all the coincidences that had to line up for that to happen, for me to be recording this, for you to find it. But um, yeah, there's a Facebook page, Danny Buckler Show. I'm going to change the name of that. But right now it's called the Danny Buckler Show. Go and give that a like and a follow. I didn't get involved with the live ones. Or Instagram, the Danny Buckler Show on there. Because there'll be some live ones starting on the 20th of December when I get back. Where the bloody hell was I? So Howard's up there. I've got a photograph with him and her. She's lovely. He's lovely. Everything's lovely. And then they they sort of they leave the stage and the show starts. And as soon as they leave the stage, then they get mobbed for photographs. Like no one wants the no one wants the shot on the stage in the lights, all beautiful and worked out. But as soon as they're in the back of the murky club, everyone's up with their phones. Can We get a photo. People are weird, man. People vote Tory, but show was great, wonderful, wonderful lineup to be on. To um. Three acts I've not worked with before, but all of them I want to work with again because there wasn't a bad act on the bill. It was a great time, and just great to see a new lent, a new venue launching. Obviously, as a, it was a launch night, meant you know an awful lot of stuff happening, like the credit card machine went down at the bar, so they were selling drinks on the trust system, whereby uh, oh yeah, just come up to the bar all year round, give us your name and address, and we'll just trust you. Simple as that. We'll just trust you. Uh, we'll contact you tomorrow and you can pay us then. And I'm dead curious to see how that panned out. Because the people of Bridgewater's little ears perked up. I could just see them. What is your name then, sir? Oh, I'm Harold from Halifax. Yeah, that's why I put writing that down on the bit of paper. Oh, yeah. John John Smith. John Smith, I am. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My address is one two EastEnders EastEnders Boulevard, it's up the road. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Send me the bill. Oh yeah, I'll pay you that tomorrow, yeah, I promise you I will. I mean, you know, it's it's payday, isn't it? Yeah, happy Christmas Trusting people to with free booze. But anyway, cracking night, chuffed the bits for Anita, pleased it all panned out, and hope the venue goes from strength to strength. It's nice because I arrived. It was a building site. When I got in there, they were still finishing it. There's last bits of paint going on. There's that weird thing with a venue, like when a new venue opens, it's never ready. You always arrive and it's always like the last bit. It's, a, it's always to the last minute. People are still doing stuff. It needs to get to toilets. So one toilet, that's not enough, but it's a great venue. It deserves every success. And it was just nice to meet Howard. He did three songs at the end as well. Such a nice life. Just turn up, get your photograph with Howard. He'll do three songs and off he goes. Not like me having to put in 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and they were gone. By the time I got on, they were gone. They are an audience at the start, but four acts is a lot. Plus a compere who's doing stuff in between. So by the time I get on, they've seen a lot of comedy. And they've been told to shush a lot. And they've been told to sit down a lot. And people aren't having it. Not, not in these post-COVID times. They've had 18 months of stand there, two metres apart, queue up there. Don't talk to him. Don't look at her. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. They've had 18 months of being told what to do. 18 months of basically living in like Russia in the 1800s. And now they're not having it. (laughs) So when you get on stage and say, everyone, stop talking and listen to this. People are like, yeah, all right, mate. But uh, yes, yeah, so when I got on stage, this audience was, they'd, they'd been drinking for three hours straight. They'd had four acts, yeah, four acts, the compare plus three, four acts, Howard. And um, they, weren't in the, they weren't in the mood, but they weren't in the mood to sit there quiet. So but it was lovely though, but I quite liked that. So the whole, the gig was basically surfing. And I haven't done that since I got back, since I got back to comedy. I've, I've, I've only done like strange gigs while everyone's a bit scared. This is the first one we're at to surf, you know, loads of waves coming up, people shouting out random stuff that makes no sense to anyone outside of their little drunk brain. Uh, but they're happy drunk, brain. I'm not knocking them, good drunk, not nasty, not evil drunk, good drunk, happy drunk, having a good time drunk, not aggressive drunk, but still drunk. And that, you know, that energy is very interesting to, to sort of ride on because you can't get too clever because you'll lose them because they're not in that zone. They just want to laugh, have a good time. These are working people. It's their weekend out, you know. And they paid for that. So they're allowed. And um, so rather than getting Mardi, oh, let me tell my jokes, man. Why are you all shouting out? Well, let, me, let me do my material. I've got really good stuff here. I've really worked this out. I mean, come on, guys. I've got some really wonderful sur-. Rather than doing that and getting, I'd, I'd literally just, you go with it. Right, you give me that, i back this, you know, Tai Chi on stage, which is, um, comes back to the surrender, comes back to being with what is, without being with these people in front of you, not comparing this gig that's happening now to the one that happened last week. Those are two separate things. They are not linked by anything other than the fact that you were there, that your nervous system was present. But that one that was been is just a memory. And that's not even accurate. You know, just be with the audience you're with. And the audience I was with were like that. And it was wonderful. It turned out fine in the end. Everyone left happy. Including me. It gave me quite a bit of a lift, actually, to know that it was still, I was still, you know, after 18 months, that improvisational thing has atrophied. So um, it was quite nice to have it back, you know, because it wasn't there a week ago. There he is, referencing the past again, not being with what is. So happy Sunday. I'm about to order a just eat because I'm leaving tomorrow. There's not a bit of food in the fridge. Getting the timing on that right is another skill I've got to master. Making your weekly shop last. But yeah, running out of food. So there you go. Borderline episode four, my friends. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to start making these longer. Every one of you, this is getting listened to. I'm really happy about this. This is actually getting listened to. I'm getting about, you know, basically there's about 37, 38 people on one stream. And there's about another few hundred. There's people listening to this. So thank you, wherever you're getting it from. I, I appreciate you. Please stick around. Um, Yeah, and a massive shout out, as always, to my two Patreons. I don't, again, the Patreon's not ready. Don't go there. It will be when I get back. I'm going to work out a little tier system because I've got two Patreons. They're paying a fiver each, and I feel like they're getting rinsed. They're getting this, and they get the occasional YouTube video. But I really want to put in a shift, especially for them and work out a system. So you get, you know, I see it as levels. You, most people have got you two quid gets you that, three quid gets you that, plus this, and a fiver gets you that, this, and this. So once I get back from my trip, I'll be working that out properly. So you could support this podcast with just two quid, but you can't right now. But two people are supporting it. And so a huge shout out to the producers, Andy Graham and the wonderful Lexi Unicorn. Thank you both. Your, your patronage is massively appreciated, as is your friendship. And, um, and just your being, the two of you, two diamonds out there glowing and just radiating pure joy in this direction. And that joy is hopefully felt backwards from me. Um, Tis the season, friends. Christmas has begun and I'll be border-lining my borderlining my socks off over the Christmas season. And trying to get it out as as regularly as I can, as regularly as the Wi-Fi allows. And uh, yeah, so come join me on the high seas. Expect expect some stories. Expect, I don't, I don't want to expect anything. Be present to what is. But there's a good chance you might get some uh, car crash stories. But hopefully you'll get stories of utter bliss and happy audiences. But there you go. Borderline. See you soon.